everyone. Welcome to There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Each week, I talk about the difficult situations we face by peeling back the layers of politics, education, and culture. Today is April 21st, 2021. I'm sure by now you've heard the information in regards to the George Floyd case or the Derek Chauvin murder trial and that he was found guilty on all accounts. And let me start off by saying that I'm not going to sit here and say that I knew that there was going to be guilty charges. I'm, I, I'm just, I, I'm just not a strong believer in the jury system and the judicial system of the United States. I still believe that there was just so many different circumstances that just led up to the outcome, the course of this whole trial. I mean, I would say that I started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel in the direction of guilty um, convictions when the chief of police took the stand and made the statement that, you know, then Officer uh, Chauvin went too far. And then when also the trainer of the department stated that this was by no means one of our training techniques. However, you know, I just, you know, you, you try not to just say things like it's meant to be or what if this happened? Because, you know, I, I, let me start off with my, my origin of my views. I believe that if it was not for COVID, and this was at the early onset of the COVID, COVID virus, where people still didn't know, people were still isolated in their homes, uh, things that just forced us to sit down and watch this video over and over and over. And then, you know, it went worldwide. I mean, you, you think about this. The main video was taken by a 17-year-old young lady. That's how everything Because you got to realize when people fail to realize that when Floyd was pronounced dead, of course, you know, he's at the hospital. They made it seem like he was still alive when the ambulance came and all this type of stuff like that. The actual report that Chauvin stated on what took place is totally different. So if if, if, if it was not for this video... This, this is just, I don't think people realize how close this was 
to being just another police abuse situation. I, I, I just, it's, you know, you want to say, and you, you hate to think that George Floyd life or his purpose in life was to die. But, and, you, and you, you hate for his family to even think that that was his purpose, his child. You know, to say that he's now a martyr. You know, it's just, you, you just hate to think that this was his purpose. And you also hate to think that, you know, all of this out, it started with the concept of the possibility of a counterfeit $20 bill. It's just, when you look at the history, you look at the history of Derek Chauvin, you know, this guy was written up 18 different times. That maneuver where he puts his knees on other people's throat has been reported. People have pressed charges, have complained. And every time when he is reprimanded for this, he gets off. Which, you know, a lot of people kept saying, well, why didn't Keith Ellison, the district attorney and all this, the uh, attorney general for Minnesota, did not bring this up? Because if they would have done that, it would have shifted to the fact that Chauvin had been reprimanded 18 times for doing this maneuver, not this exact maneuver, but just his disciplinary actions. And each time he was, you know, I guess found not guilty and, you know, allowed to come back, you know, and go back to business as usual. So when you say that this this is part of the police procedures, now you're taking away from the fact that this is Derek Chauvin's actions to the, the fact that you're saying this is the police department's routine maneuver because they allowed for this to happen. You got to realize even the chief of police had to file a lawsuit of his own against the city for, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm correct. It was like some type of discriminatory actions against him. So, you know, it's just, this this the police department is I I mean the only thing I can think of is 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 garbage. The whole concept that when the call came and a first group of police officers received the call and then that group passes that information on to Derek Chauvin's group, a group of police officers that to my understanding that every member of that group had received some type of disciplinary actions for their behavior. I think one of them had just got back that day after dealing with some type of suspension. So they knew, they knew the type of crew and group that was put together that was roaming the streets. So that when that store called 
and said we got a situation with a possible counterfeit money being distributed and they called Chavin's group. They knew they knew the mentality of that group that was coming. And you can't say that the Minnesota or Minneapolis Police Department, they didn't know this. This, this, you know, it's like, it's sad that Derek Chauvin is, yeah, he was convicted, you know, now you got to wait for the sentencing, but he's just one. Now, yeah, there's three others that have to stand trial also because they participated. I guess they're considered assessor. Now that Chauvin has been convicted, I'm sure they're now shaking in their boots because it's just it's downhill. They went from, you know, just being with him now, Chauvin has been convicted of three counts of murder. Now they are now dealing with the fact that they are now easily going to be assessed with accessory to murder. And then all the stuff that's going on right now, the killing in Minneapolis and the way the country is reacting, the White House, the government, all of these entities are seeing how people are feeling about Derek Chauvin. I mean, those those three other officers, I mean, shit, they 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 should just go ahead and plead guilty. And just get it over with. But it's just, you know, my thing is this. When you when you are dealing with jury, human beings, you can't just say you see the video. Yes. You look at it and you say to yourself, OK, this it's just it's a no brainer. But you got to think you know, when I when I post stuff on Facebook, statements that I make on Facebook. And I, I love posting it and listening to the white group people that just respond to the stuff that I state. And, I, and I've always had a statement. White people will not other, condemn other white individuals, no matter how heinous the crime is. They will say, oh, that's bad, or that wasn't good, or that he shouldn't have done that, but they don't condemn it. They don't say that police officer did wrong, flat out 100% wrong. They say something like, well, did the person have this? Or the person is a big guy or, you know, some type of situation, but they don't understand the concept that as a police officer, you are not supposed to just flat out shoot people. That's not the way it's supposed to be done. And when you see point blank how white people are apprehended versus black people, there are white people that are mass shooting and killing people and they're walking out of the building in handcuffs. Black people are being pulled over 
for misdemeanors and they're being carried away in a body bag. And this is this is not no incident that takes place once or twice. This is the norm. This is what is going on in a daily basis. And it's, it's just bullshit. And, this, you know, even like with the, you know, the Derek Chauvin case, it's, it's hard to even celebrate this. And I'm not trying to be a, a party pooper. But I, you know, I just, you know, to me, it's, it's like being a slave on a plantation in Georgia and you escape and you running and running and running and you cross over into South Carolina, which is a worse, worse slave state. And you start celebrating because you're thinking you made it out of Georgia, but you 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 still you 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 put yourself in a worse circumstance because you have to understand there's going to be some type of retaliation when the democrats sent democrat senators from georgia the red republicans reminded them the state legislators reminded them that we still control this state and they counteracted by making new laws and legislation that would restrict and hinder and suppress voters. Because they were like, okay, you got us this time, but you best believe we're going to do something to make sure that this is not going to happen. While people were sitting here cheering and celebrating that Georgia is blue, which is Again, in my opinion, the most stupidest thing that people were saying, they were letting them know, no, Georgia is very red. We're going to show you how red Georgia is. So if you believe that the police department and the city government in this country are going to allow for this to happen again, you're out of your minds. Need I remind you that they're still a number of cases of murdered black people that are still waiting for results that hadn't even gone to trial. People forget Ahmaud Aubrey in Georgia. It hadn't even gone to trial yet. Rashad Brooks, the guy was asleep. They woke him up, he started running and they shot him. That has not gone to trial yeah, Jacob Blake in Wisconsin, paralyzed from the neck down. Again, getting in his car and they shot him several times. That has not gone to trial yet. You know, then recently during the Chauvin murder trial, Dante Wright in Minneapolis, about two miles away from where George Floyd was killed. Again, I mean, hadn't even started yet. Nothing been put together yet. Adam Toledo in Chicago, the 13 year old boy. You know, people don't, the, 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 the family of Breonna Taylor, they're still trying to get that case reopened because it didn't even make it past the grand jury. 
I'm sorry, we celebrating, but what are we celebrating? And, uh, and then we didn't even talk about the mass shootings and the survivors of these mass shootings. I mean, what we need to do is be using these opportunities to educate ourselves and learn how to make the law work for us. You know, it's just like when, when you think about the Dante Wright killing in Minneapolis. That, that's that. And first of all, let me apologize. I apologize for being late with this podcast. Uh, last Friday, I took the second COVID shot. And I'm not going to lie, y'all. That thing had me totally fucked up. I mean, I understand the process of the vaccine. I've heard stories that the second shot is a little bit stronger than the first shot. I took the um, Moderna and I took mine through the VA. That was just the only option that the VA was offering, or at least the VA that I'm affiliated with. Like I said, took it Friday morning. You know, kind of, I had, you know, the same symptoms at first that I would get when I get a flu shot, things to that nature. Uh, Saturday morning, went to the gym, felt a little sluggish, um, was doing my spin class, felt a little sluggish, but kind of made it through, was, you know, sweating a little bit harder, but still made it through. By Saturday night, I mean, it was like, it felt like I had 10 sacks of potatoes on my back. Sunday, I mean, temperature over 100 degrees, uh, nauseous, felt like I had ice inside my body. I mean, I just, I mean, and you know, I'm not trying to scare nobody. It's just, to my understanding, this was the normal process. I mean, the day is Wednesday. I'm better. I'm good now. But it was like, I would say Sunday, part of Monday, I was, you know, it had me shut down. And then also, you know, a lot of things I'm still learning because I've shared with you all that, you know, I had heart surgery and there's still things that I'm learning about the physical effects, side effects that I'm dealing with in regards to learning how to readjust with, you know, the surgery, the surgical repair that's been done to my heart. So, of course, when you combine with certain things that I don't know about my heart and then you add things about a virus being injected in me that nobody knew about probably three years ago. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a lot of foreign things going on inside of me. So pretty much... um it shut me down and kind of threw me off. And like I said, um, it's the cause for the delay of me um, submitting this podcast. Because I try my best to do one every week so I can stay pretty current. So I know some of the stuff that I might be talking about might be maybe past seven days. So, you know, like I said, just bear with me. At this point, I'm just offering my opinion on certain circumstances. But like I said, um, in regards to 
the the situation in Minnesota with Dante Wright. It's just something that when you have a murder trial for a police officer, and then you would think that the city and the police department would just say, hey, you know, try not to kill anybody. Try not to kill anybody black because that could be detrimental to, you know, one of our so-called brothers in blue. But you you would think that they would just, you know, be lenient, try to be extra cautious, but no, fuck that. I mean, it's it's just like when you when you look at the killing of Dante Wright, and from my point of view, it just gives you the true aspect that their views, they do not have any value for black people. They don't have any belief. They don't have, it's like there's no option. There's no gray. It's black or white. And that black or white is when we pull them over, we brandishing our weapons. And it's like, when are they going to admit that there's a problem with policing. I mean, think of it. Think of it like this. A fireman cannot be a fireman if, if, if he's afraid of getting burnt or going into a, in an old abandoned building. That's just part of the job. Imagine if a fireman said, I'm not going to fight this fire because I'm afraid I might get burnt up. So I'm just going to let this house or building burn down. Or a military soldier who's afraid to go into combat. I mean, yes, there are military personnel that work in supply and admin, they're cooks and other support occupation. But you have to understand those occupations can be easily deployed to a hostile area or a hospital area that's subjugated to, you know, uh, just a, a, a foreign country. The thing is with police officers in this country, they do not have the mindset that their lives could be in danger, but they have the concept that when they took this job, it's, it's just engage and shoot versus serve and protect. I mean, when you, when a police officer pulls over a car for an expired tag and they're quick to draw their weapons, whether the weapon is a gun or a taser, Something's not right. When you when you think about the situation in Minnesota, Dante Wright was killed by 20 plus year veteran and she was a training officer. And her natural instinct for a person who was pulled over for an expired tag 
air fresheners hanging from his rear rear view mirror and a warrant for missing a court date that they later found out that the information was sent to the wrong address. All of these things are misdemeanors. And he's dead. You got two police officers holding him. He's not going anywhere. And if and my thing is, if he did, where would he be going? Even if, even if he jumped in the car and drove off. And you're like, okay, you, you literally can just sit there and count one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, and just say, okay, let's go get them. Let's go get them. I mean, misdemeanors, he's being held by two police officers, and you shoot him. And I know the argument is whether or not she meant to get her taser or did she really mean to shoot him fatally. Now, in my heart, I do believe. I believe she grabbed the wrong. I believe she grabbed the wrong um, weapon. And I believe she grabbed the wrong weapon because she panicked. But the point is, why would she even think that she have to grab any type of weapon? Where was the merit? Where, I mean, I seen pictures of this kid, and I say kid. They, you know, they like to say he's a twenty year old man. To me, he was a kid, twenty year old kid. And I've seen his his physical stature. I don't believe that he was going to overcome those two police officers. I just don't believe that was going to happen. But because this police officer, this trainee, and yeah, I'll go as far, a woman, a woman police officer, trainee, she panicked and she shot him. For what? But this, this is the mindset. If this is how she is training people, this is the problem. You are training people to pull people over for a misdemeanor. It's like when they get out of their car after they pull you over, their mindset is to automatically put their hands on their weapon. Now I can see, yeah, you, it's, an, it's, a, it's a stance that you take. I get that. But when you initially approach that car and you run that tag, and it doesn't say he has a one. Now, if I see if it said, okay, he has a spire tag, we run it. And it said, oh, this guy has a warrant for arrest because he beat up his wife or he's wanted for murder. Yeah, I get it then. You call SWAT. I get that. But for missing a court date for marijuana and you pull him over because his tag is expired, what what even prompts you to pull him over to, to run his tags? See, there's there's a lot of questions behind that. Now they'll say, well, we ran his tags because he became suspicious because we saw an air freshener dangling from his rearview mirror. 
So that caused us to do a double take. And from there, we ran this tag. I didn't even know that was a thing. I did not know that you could not have certain things dangling from your rear view mirror, which makes me think if it's illegal to have air freshness dangling from your rear view mirror, why are they selling air freshness in the state of Minnesota? Isn't that incriminating by the pine tree air freshener? I forget the name of that company. You know, it's funny. You see them all the time and there's a name on there. But it's just dead for stupid shit. You know, when you look at the the shooting in Atlanta with um, Rayshard Brooks, you know, the guy was in a drive-through fast food restaurant, and, and I'm trying to make fun of it, but he was asleep. They wake him up. Okay. He panics because he don't want to go to jail. He manages to get the taser and he knew he knew what he had. So he got the taser. So he tased the police officer. He didn't shoot him. He tased him. You should. You, I mean, when he took off running with the taser, you should again, just let him go. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. They probably could have literally walked behind him, follow his steps, and he would have been laid out in somebody's front yard. You had his car. You had all the information. All you had to do was just go to where he lived at and just wait for him. But again, you panic. And you start shooting. And see, you know, it's something, something's not right with this. I mean, look at, look at this, look at the stats. In the year 2020, uh, over 150 individuals were shot and killed by the police over situations that started out as being nothing more than a misdemeanor. I mean, keep in mind that the police officer that shot Dante Wright, again, this was a trainer. The examples of her training was exactly what is being exemplified by the police today. And that is no matter what the circumstances, when you approach people, you draw your weapons. It's especially when it comes to black motorists. No matter what. And my thing is, whether it's a mistake or not, it's the thing that you have to still look at. The fact is that you feel so threatened that you have to pull your weapon. I saw, I I just saw a video today. It was today. And I don't know the circumstances, so I'm not going to really comment deep on it. But my understanding, it was it was some girls. And I mean, girls like 16, 15, 17 years old. And they were fighting. And I mean, they were throwing down. The police come. And I guess 
instead of the police saying to the girl, get off of her, he shoots her. Now, to my understanding, he shoots a 16-year-old girl and he kills her. And I can understand the confrontation issue, but we're talking about school kids fighting each other. I mean, maybe it's me, but I got in fights. And I, I don't even, well, I know none of the fights were ever broken up by the police. I don't think nobody ever called the police. It was like, you know, you know and I mean, you talk about it all day. First period, second period, all the way up to sixth period, seventh, eighth period. You know, when school get out, it's, it's you and me, blah, blah, blah. Crowd follow, get off the bus, everybody gather around, and y'all go at it. And after you pick each other up, wipe your bloody nose, your split lip, you go home. But it was never somebody calling the police. And I get it. To, in this day and time, yes, people call the police. Yes, these kids are a little extra. But for the police to come and, again, guns drawn. It, it showed the police officer getting out his car and he's drawing his gun on a bunch of teenage girls. And the thing is, you know, I, I don't know how clear this picture was. From what I could tell, it looked like it was a, a guy, a male, that kicked one of the young ladies while she was on the ground. But they didn't shoot him. Not saying that they should have, but it's just they went after and shot the girl. And it's like, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. And this, all you can do is say, it's fear. It's nothing but fear. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you remedy this. You know, when people say things like we need to defund the police. And I've always said before, Democrats need to learn how to say things better because when they say it stupidly like that the republicans they just hijack it i get it because i have common sense but when you have a group of people that followers are uneducated masses so they can twist your stuff and spin it and that masses is going to follow it and they're going to say they want to get rid of the police and all they're simply saying, we need resources that go towards the police to be reallocated for training. You need more social workers to be involved with the police department or connected to the police department. Or you need a certain you need a certain group of police officers that they need to understand that. Their, their job is to protect and serve. When you pull up behind a car and you pulling them, pulling them over because they tell light is out. You cannot sit there and just make the assumption that something is going to go wrong. And that is how 
they are approaching things. Like I said, a fireman that's thinking that I'm going to go into this building and my life can end. No, my job is to fight this fire. A combat soldier that's like, I'm going, I'm going over to a foreign country and I'm going to fight. I could lose my life, but this is what I signed up for. Somehow police officers, that's been, that's been thrown out. What, they're, what they are signing up for is not what they feel that they should be doing. Or, you know, in my opinion, it's what they are being trained and being told they can do. So, I mean, it's, you know, again, you know, I feel, I feel good about the outcome of the verdict. Cause you know, again, there were so many parts to that case that, you know, people don't understand all it took was one juror to say they don't agree. And then, you know, you would have had a hung jury. That could be a mistrial. That could be the grounds for an acquittal. Or, or the fact that, and I, and I thought this was so brilliant how they went back and added the second degree charges, um, involuntary manslaughter. That was brilliant because it not only gives them more to work with and something that they can easily prove, but also the sentencing. Because based on, you know, at the start of the trial, second degree manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, to my understanding in Minnesota, it's only a 12.6 year sentence. Now, my understanding, um, Keith Ellison and the um, attorney general have actually petitioned that they want a, a longer sentence. My understanding, they're talking like 20, 25 years. I don't understand why it's going to take eight weeks, two months for him to get the sentencing. But I guess, you know, either way, he, you know, he's not out. But even even something like that. Because also another thing that could have happened if he was found not guilty, let's say with the second degree involuntary manslaughter, that would have set the defense in process to appeal. If there would have been a, an appeal, then there would have been a hearing for bail and Derek Chauvin, you know, I mean, 99% chance he'd have been, he'd have been granted bail. Cause as odd as it may sound, people have been sending him money. He probably has made more money in the last year through donations than he probably did in his entire career as a police officer. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he's made probably or been given well over half a million in donations. Now, of course, yeah, it goes to his legal fees and whatnot, but still there are people out there that are supporting him. So imagine if he would have got, he would have 
been up for an appeal and was able to bail out and still just raise money. People would have kept giving them money. So his, you know, the, yeah, of course, the, the majority of the money would have gone for legal fees, but I'm sure, you know, he would have broke some of the, he would have been doing okay in appeal. Oh my gosh, if, if it's taking two months to get a sentence, can you imagine how much time for a case like this that he would have got to prepare his case for an appeal? I mean, and if you keep chipping and chipping and chipping and chipping, eventually you'll find something. It's, you know, I thank God that it turned out the way it is, but also I'm a God-fearing man. I believe that God is saying, okay, I need for you all to take this in another direction. Feel, get the feeling that a direction can be taken with this. You can even say you feel a little vindicated, but you have to understand there is so much that still has to be done. I mean, like I said, Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, Jacob Blake, Rashad Brook, Dante Wright, Adam Toledo. These cases have not, had, they had not even started. And Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor, they cases, you know, like I said, uh, Breonna Taylor, she didn't even get past the grand jury. But her case and Ahmaud Aubrey, they did they were murdered before George Floyd. And these cases have not taken off yet. So, you know, that whole concept of celebrating like people were celebrating, you know, Georgia's blue and that dumb shit. No. This it's, it's not. It's not. So, you know, again, going to keep closer look. There are another, you know, there are, there are a number of things I want to talk about. You know, I'll probably come back to them on Friday. Like, again, like I said earlier, I, again, I apologize. Um, was under the weather. So, um, fell a little bit behind. The plan is to try to release another podcast Friday and Saturday because I did want to talk about the FedEx shooting and, you know, mental health and the um, firearms, the second lieutenant that was pulled over in Virginia and how they pulled their guns out on him. You know, these are the things I want to address and, you know, anything that comes up between now and Friday. But until then, this has been another episode of There's a System to This Madness. I am Osaze Shabazz. Please take care of yourself. Please be cautious. If somebody says, hey man, I think your rear tail light is out, or hey man, your license is going to expire, 
Do not wait. Do not give the police any reason, any reason to pull you over because it's the most trivial shit that they pulling people over for. And that shit is going sideways. I am a firm believer that this shit is not accidental. I truly believe that there's some type of mandate to pretty much, if you feel the slightest hint of being threatened, you have the right to open fire and shoot, whether it be with your taser or you can start blazing. I truly believe that. And with that said, God bless. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. I'll talk to you next time. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to There's a System to This Madness podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe. To continue the discussion that we had today, make sure to check out our Facebook page. See y'all next week. Thank you.